When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is behind the Steel Curtain editor, Dave Schofield, coming at you again. It's Thursday morning. It's officially more than a week into July. We are now, what, July 8th, I guess it is. And this means we are inching closer. We are now just about two weeks away from Pittsburgh Steelers training camp. Uh, can't wait for all this stuff. I want to see what this team can do. I want to know how things are going, get some questions answered, and more importantly, just want to watch the Pittsburgh Steelers on the football field. And what is great is now it is less than a month away until we see at least part of the Steelers roster in action at the Hall of Fame game. And I'm sorry, looking at the whole roster, I Sometimes casual fans are like, oh, no one's going to play. It's not going to matter. If you follow the team and you know all the players on the roster and you're looking at who's going to make it, who can do what, this is exciting. It's very exciting, especially after not having a preseason last year. So here we are. I, I've got a bit of a confession. In case you didn't know, I I brought it up on the Scobro Show uh, last week, not, obviously not the Scobro show, this most recent one, the one from the week before when I was actually on the show, both myself and my brother, we were on vacation this week. We were away. So 
This is usually the part of the show to start off. I talk about a little bit of what's been going on and everything else. I'm recording this earlier than normal because I've just got to record it when I can. So therefore, I'm not talking any news because for all I know, any news I'd talk about now would be old news. And then it would be, well, why didn't you talk about this? Well, it's because it hasn't happened yet at the time that I'm recording. So um, if there's big, crazy Steelers news going on, I'm really sorry. But uh, I still wanted to be able to come at you with some numbers, even though I was on vacation. So I just had to be able to fit it into my schedule whenever I could. So this is what's going on today. This is a question that was actually asked of Jeff Hartman um, a little while ago, a couple weeks ago. So much so that I asked Jeff, all right, Jeff, can you tell me who asked you this question so I can give you give them credit on the show? Yeah, Jeff can't remember. He can't tell me. But the question was, if Ryan Shazier had not suffered his career-ending injury, would he have been a Hall of Famer? Now, that's obviously a question that we'll never truly be able to answer. But we could look at some factors to see how he may have lined up with things. So I do want to say this. If this was your question and you would ask this of Jeff, please send me either a message on Twitter at STLR Superfandad or shoot me an email at STLR Superfandad at gmail.com and let me know that it was you. So th- I, that way next week on Stat Geek, I will give you credit to say, hey, here was who brought you this question. Um, but for now, I'm just, I guess I'm just going to have to answer it. So here's what I did. I was trying to look at a, a, a several different ways to look at how we could look at Ryan Shazier's career and see if he could end up in the Hall of Fame. So I, I broke down his stats. He had four years in the NFL. The last two years, he was a pro bowler even though he suffered the injury his final year, he was still selected to a pro bowl. And that was not just because he was injured. He deserved it. He was having a great year. The Steelers defense completely changed once Ryan Shazier was not on the field. And it took them a long time to recover in order to then make up for that loss. So, I mean, more than a season. I just want to say when it took a long time. So what we're going to look at here is... What would his career might have been like if you just go stats and you just try to project them based on, I'm not even basing it on improved play. I'm just saying if what you had with four years of Ryan Shazier, if he did it, what I did was for three times longer to where he would have had a 12-year career. If he had a 12-year career, what would his numbers look like? So first and foremost, let's look at Ryan Shazier's numbers for his career of just what they were for four seasons. He appeared in 46 games. He started 41. We're going to focus mainly on the starts. So 41 starts. He had seven interceptions. He had 25 passes defensed in four seasons. He had seven forced fumbles, three fumble recoveries, 7.0 sacks, 299 combined tackles. I should have just rounded that to 300, but we'll keep it at the 299. 24 tackles for loss and 18 quarterback hits. Now, I know, and all these stats are are courtesy of Pro Football Reference. That's my go-to place for stats um, whenever I can. Now, it should be interesting to, to note 
that these stats aren't the quote-unquote advanced stats that you can now get because they've only been doing advanced stats since 2018. So he didn't fall in that category, which is good because honestly, some of the stats he just listed, they don't even go back the entire careers of a couple of the players that I'm going to be comparing these stats to because we're going to be looking at other middle linebackers who are in the Hall of Fame. Um, I'm, I'm also not going to go big into snaps, but I will tell you this. When it comes to defensive snaps, as a rookie, Shazier only played 26% of the defensive snaps. He only played in nine games. Um, as In his second season, he played in 12 games, played 60% of the total snaps. He, he's played in 13 games in 2016, started 12 of them. Uh, that's kind of odd. I'm surprised that that happened later in his career. And he played the most that he had in his career, he played 74% of the snaps. And in 2017, he played in 12 games before he was injured and played 68% of the snaps. So that's the breakdown on Shazier or what he did. There's nothing about those numbers that is projected. That is what he did. Now, let's say if he kept that same pace and had a 12-year career, what would his stats look like? So I'm like, okay, he, that means he would start 123 games. He would have had 21 interceptions, 75 passes defensed, 21 forced fumbles, nine fumble recoveries, 21.0 sacks, 897 tackles, 72 tackles for loss, 54 quarterback hits, and he would have made the Pro Bowl six times because he made it twice in his four years, so half the time. That was projected stats. Then I started looking at other players that made the Hall of Fame at inside linebacker that I could compare him to. And unfortunately, I only came up with three that I could really get the good numbers on. Couldn't really get stuff on Mike Singletary because of the lack of stats early in his career. Not his stats, but availability to, to some of these stats. So I left him off the list. I went with the other three, the other three middle linebackers. And that is Junior Seau. Ray Lewis, I know it kind of hurts to say that name, uh, but you can't you can't say he wasn't a great player. And Brian Urlacher, and then I looked at how many years they all played. So Urlacher played thirteen years, Lewis played seventeen years, and Junior Seau played twenty years in the NFL. Wow! So me looking at twelve might not have been the best place to start because when I go to compare those other stats, maybe Urlacher, maybe I could look at Brian Urlacher. Um, and compare some of those. But I'm not going to do that now because I'm going to do something else to actually compare it to Urlacher. Um, got a, I got a little bit creative, but let's go ahead and, and, and run through the rest of this. The next thing I said, okay, well, if those guys are sitting at 17 years and 20 years, why don't I just instead of multiply by three, I'll multiply by four. What if Shazier would have had a 16-year NFL career? 16 years. So... It's the same ratio for everything, but I'll run through the numbers. He would have started, this is assuming that, uh, remember, this is also taking into account he only started five games as a rookie, okay? This is what this is all based off of, and you'll see why then I decided to adjust that some. So if he would have started 164 games, had 28 interceptions, 100 passes passes defended, uh, 28 forced fumbles, 12 fumble recoveries, 28 
sacks, 1,196 tackles, 96 tackles for loss, 72 quarterback hits, and eight Pro Bowls. So I did that and said, maybe those numbers. Then you're starting to creep a little bit towards where you could say you're getting in the conversation of the Hall of Fame. So, I mean, because if you want to look at it, and let's say like Brian Urlacher, um, with with his stats, you're looking at, he started 180 games. So right there, that even 16 years, he didn't start as many games he would as Urlacher did in 13. And there was one year where Urlacher only played one game. Um, he's nowhere close in the sack department. He's he the the projected stats for tackles is lacking because like Urlacher had 41 and a half sacks and over 1300 tackles, like 1361. Now it's really hard when you get into like quarterback hits because they did not start keeping track of quarterback hits until 2006. So you only get that for half of Urlacher's career. But uh, tackles for loss, um, Urlacher was way up there with 138. Where Shazier's better is in the passing statistics. Um, because Urlacher had like 22 interceptions, um, not, and, you know, only 85 passes defensed and things of that nature. And also the, and about, and forced fumbles was about the same. Oh no, sorry. Fumble recoveries was about the same. Forced fumbles, Shazier had a lot more, um, would have had a lot more if he would have kept that pace. But then I thought, you know, that's not even good enough. That's not even good enough because we're taking into account Ryan Shazier only playing, starting five games as a rookie. Um, what if he didn't keep his same pace from his first four years, the four years that he played in the NFL? What if he kept the pace based on his final two years that he had in the NFL, his two Pro Bowl years? Let's say he didn't get any better, but he just kept that pace for for an additional 10 years from what he had. So I took those numbers, calculated them out for 10 years, added them to the four years he already had. And I thought that was probably a pretty good place to go. 14 year career. If he could have done what he did his last two years in the NFL for 10 more years. And honestly, honest opinion, average wise, that probably is pretty close. Cause he probably would have had some up years in there where I think, I mean, obviously he's not going to have any, he didn't have any all pro selections, but I think if he would have been able to continue to play and develop, he, he, he would have possibly had some all pro years. So if you fluctuate some of those years up thinking that maybe at the end of the end of his career or or a down year because of injury or something, maybe they fluctuate down. You just average them out. This is just me manipulating numbers, having fun, seeing how it would have worked. So here you go. Here are, are Shazier's stats for 14 years. If he could have kept the pace of his final two years of his career, you're going to find some of some of these are actually not a couple of these aren't quite as good um, because he pretty much had them balanced throughout the four years where other things it's really going to you're going to see it take off. So it would have been 161 games in 14 years. How about 37 interceptions because of what he did interception wise his last his last two years playing in the league? He had out of his seven interceptions, six of them were in his final two years. He had three a season in 2016, 2017. And, you know, that's something that he could have done. Um, not every year, but I mean, it's it's a possibility there that that, that, that might have happened. Uh, 125 passes defensed, 32 forced fumbles, 
13 fumble recoveries, 24 and a half sacks, 1,179 tackles, 84 tackles for loss, 63 quarterback hits, and he would have made 12 Pro Bowls. Probably wouldn't have been 12 Pro Bowls that he would have made it every single year. But um, but I, I'd say maybe you could sacrifice three of those Pro Bowls and add on three All-Pros. That might have been safe if you think about the the career trajectory that he was looking at. So how did that compare going back to like Erlocker? Yeah, um, blew him out of the water with interceptions, like 37 to 22. Um, passes defensed, um, 125 to 90. Forced fumbles, 32 to 11. So as you can see, that would have been, and, and if you think about Ryan Chazier and his time with the Steelers, those were some of the things that he did well. He could, he was the linebacker they needed that could cover both the run and the pass. He could do things in the in the passing game. And he could, when he had to guard those receivers, I think he stripped the ball probably more on receptions than he did on runs. I'm just going from memory. I don't know if that's actually true. I'm just thinking of what I'm thinking of Ryan Chazier. I was there for the home opener against San Francisco in Oh my, why can't I remember which year that was? Was that 2016? Um, where he just went crazy with like 16 tackles and then got hurt at the end of the game and missed a few weeks. So I saw Ryan Chazier everywhere in person, end zone view, just watching him sideline to sideline. And those are the kind of things I remember. So if you look at those stats, that's what would care, could compare to Erlocker. When you look at Junior Seon, now remember, this is 20 years. This was 20 years. But even in 20 years, Seau only had 18 interceptions. Okay. And he had 43 passes defensed, but that only goes back to 1999. So that's only 11 years. So 43 passes defense in 11 years, you could think that what he would have been um, on pace. Forced fumbles, um, they only have Seau down, believe it or not, for 11. And he had 18 fumble recoveries. So if Shazier could have keep stripping the ball and covering the way he did, that would have been revolutionary to the inside linebacker position as much as anything. Now, maybe I'm not making the best comparison with these players, but I can only go with these players because they're the ones that have the more recent stats that I can do. Um, if you think of, a, of someone else, it would be a better comparison. That, that would be great to know. But in the tackles department, N not nearly as close tackles, tackles for loss, quarterback hits. I mean, those are the things that when you compare him to the other middle linebackers in the Hall of Fame, Shazier, unless he really took off after the injury, if it wouldn't have occurred, that's where he would have been lacking um, based on his statistics that he had in his first four years. Even if you go back and look at Ray Lewis. Now, Ray Lewis was different because he had he had the interceptions. He had 31 interceptions. Um, in his career, he had 96 passes defensed. And that was um, out of his 17 years, that was out of 14 of them. So he had 96 passes defensed in 14 years. Well, we had that Shazier would in 14 years would have had 125. And then the forced fumbles, it, um, Ray Lewis had 19. But he was a tackling machine. He had over 2,000 tackles in his career. So if you really want to look at, would Ryan Shazier have been a Hall of Famer based on the stats that he had in his four years before he was injured. Um, he was shaping up to 
put up fantastic numbers, Hall of Fame type numbers when it came to defending the pass at the, as an inside linebacker. But he might not have been there as much with all the tackles, or that might have been something that would have improved with him. Because think about this: if Ryan Shazier did not have that injury, he would be looking at going into his eighth season. That's it, his eighth season. If we're talking fourteen years, you're talking about having another six years with Ryan Shazier, and that honestly, that kind of bums me out. It really makes me sad to think about what what there was and what it could have been. Um, so it was, I, I told Jeff when he said that to me, I, I said, that's, that's going to be a sad question. And it really is when you, when you think about it, but um, we'll never know, unfortunately, but that's what I would say based on the numbers is that he was really there when it, when it came to, to defending the passes an inside linebacker. And I'm not saying it was against the run, but he just didn't have those all over the field in on every tackle type of stats that the other um, Hall of Fame inside linebackers would have. So we're going to go ahead. We're going to take our break here. And when we come back, we're going to tackle another question, which has to do of do with teams playing in the Hall of Fame game. So stay tuned. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to the second part of Sports. That keeps his mind to the Editor Dave Schofield. Um, thank you, Jerry Cherry, once again for the music. Always got to remember that when we come out of break. Um, I don't always remember, but I'd like to remember it when I can. Okay, we really appreciate that. We looked at what the career of Ryan Shazier could have been and if he could have landed in the Hall of Fame. There was the possibility. I mean, even just sustaining what he was doing, if as long as you were looking at him as, as a as a past defender, but I don't want to get on that sad train anymore. What I am looking at now was another question that was brought up that I didn't have someone to reference. Um, I can't remember if this was sent to me by Jeff or just, or, or somewhere else. I can't recall, but it had to do with the Steelers playing in the hall of fame game. That how do teams who have to play in that hall of fame game, that game that, that happens more than a month before the regular season kicks off, they go back to training camp early, all that other stuff. How has that gone to regular season and postseason success? So I went back. I went back to 2005. I can't remember why I stopped at 2005 because I actually looked at did this data last year for this question that I just answered. I don't even know if it was for a podcast. Um, I think it might have just been in an article, but I can't remember why I stopped at 2005. So I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't know. But I went back to 2005, probably because that was when the Steelers won the Super Bowl, I think is why I went there. And it, it just seemed to make sense. 
But if you go back to 2005, the teams that played in the Hall of Fame game, and I didn't write down the scores, honestly. I don't care who won. I'm just talking about the players or the teams that played in it. It was between the Chicago Bears and the Miami Dolphins. And that season, the Miami Dolphins, they were second place in the AFC East, but they did not make the playoffs. They finished at nine and seven. The Bears won the NFC North at 11 and five, went to the postseason. And unfortunately, they they hosted, they got a first round bye. And then they hosted the Carolina Panthers and lost to the Panthers in the division round of the postseason. So they made the playoffs, but didn't didn't win a game there. So that was 2005. Then we're looking at 2006. You go to 2006, that was the Raiders and the Eagles. The Raiders, they were they were bottom of the AFC West. Um, you know, they were 2 and 14, but they were bottom of the AFC West the year before. So it's not like it changed a lot from what they were doing. But the Philadelphia Eagles they won the NFC East at 10 and 6, went to the playoffs, won, uh, beat the Giants in the wild card round, but then lost to the New Orleans Saints in the division round. So they were one of one of the postseason. 2007, our beloved Steelers, they were in the Hall of Fame game. So they took on the Saints. Now, the Saints, they finished at 7 and 9, didn't make the playoffs. The Steelers, Won the AFC North, went to the postseason, but if you all know that 2007, that was the infamous Jacksonville Jaguars, the first time around, um, the the 31-29 game um, that happened there. So they, they played the Hall of Fame game, but they did go to the postseason. Then you got 2008, and we are on a streak here, quite a, quite a long streak of where at least one of the two teams made the postseason. This was the Colts versus the, at the time, Washington Redskins, who came in last in the NFC East, but they were at eight and eight. They were had a 500 record, but were last place in the East. Um, oh, how that division has changed since. And they played the Indianapolis Colts, who at 12 and four did not win their division because the Titans were 13 and three. But the Colts were 12 and four. They, they made it as a wild card, but they lost to the Chargers in the first round. So they made the postseason. Didn't win a game. So in those four years, the only team that won a playoff game was the Eagles. Then you hit a long stretch of a bunch of teams that didn't make the playoffs when they after playing in the Hall of Fame game. In 2009, you had the Titans and the Bills. Titans finished 8-8, eight and eight, Bills finished 6-10. and 10. In 2010, you had, let me look at it, you had the, I can't read my writing. I'm pretty sure that would be the, Cowboys and the Bengals. Okay. I'll, I hope I, I hope I could read. I can't think of anything else that would have started with a C. So uh, yeah, that's, that's gotta be Cowboys. Um, and the Cowboys finished six and 10 and the Bengals were bottom of the AFC North kind of sounds like recently. Um, and they were four and 12, 2011, or I'm, I'm going to say it. Neither team made the postseason, but they didn't play the game. It was the lockout. It was supposed to be the Bears and the Rams, but um, the Bears finished eight and eight, no playoffs. The Rams were in the bottom of the, of the NFC West. They were two and fourteen, no playoffs. So playing in the game didn't affect anything. So because 
we all know, well, not, maybe not all of us know, but that 2011 lockout, that's what happened. Okay, 2012 was the Cardinals and the Saints. Uh, neither team made the postseason. The Cardinals were bottom of the NFC West at 5-11, and 11, and the Saints were 7-9. and nine. They tied for last in the AFC South. Then you move on to 2013. It was the Dolphins and the Cowboys. So the, the Dolphins, they were 8-8, eight and eight, didn't make the playoffs. And the Cowboys, they were 8-8, eight and eight, didn't make the playoffs. So they were just kind of average. So you, as you can see, that uh, not a ton of teams going to the postseason. Let's go to 2014. This ends the stretch. Ends the stretch. 2014. The Hall of Fame game was between the Giants and the Bills. The Giants finished third in the NFC East at 6-10, and and the Bills finished second in the AFC East at 9-7, and but did not make the playoffs because all, all both wild cards came from the AFC North that season, um, with the Steelers being the AFC North champs. But So that was in 2014. 2015... This is when it gets interesting. This was the one of only a couple in, in everything that I did where both teams that played in this game went to the playoffs. And it was between the Steelers and the Vikings. And that is that infamous game we know that cost Sean Sweezum his career because of the terrible turf that was going on at, the, at Canton. And yeah, it, it cost him his career. He never played again. And it actually cost Steelers games during the season by not having Sean Sweezum because of the whole Scobie debacle in week three against the Ravens. We, we don't want to go there. I think it was week three. Um, I, I don't even want to remember what week. It was, it, was a, it was a nightmare. But the Steelers went 10-6 and six that year, made the playoffs as a wild card. And the Vikings, they went 11-5, and five, won the NFC North. Now, the Vikings... Um, they got knocked out of the postseason in in the um, in the first round. If you remember, that was that infamous ten to nine game. This was where all the home teams lost in the wild card weekend, and that was that ten to nine game where um, I think it was a nineteen yard field goal that the Vikings kicker missed at the end of the game, which would have won the game for them because um, it was like it was super cold, and, and and I remember that going on. But the Steelers, that was also the year that they beat the Cincinnati Bengals. So they won a playoff game and then they fell in Denver after, you know, the injuries that they had against the Bengals, if we remember that. And they even had the lead there against the Broncos and that ended up not working out the best, but then the Broncos went on and won the Super Bowl. So that, that 20, that 2015 year was really something to think about, but the Steelers played the hall of fame game that year. So every year that they've played in the hall of fame game, they've made the postseason. So moving on real quick in 2016, um, it was the Packers and the Colts. Um, the Colts did not make the postseason. They were 8-8. Eight and eight. The Packers went 10-6, and six, won the NFC North, won in the wildcard round. Then they beat the Cowboys in the division, but then they fell to the Atlanta Falcons in the NFC Championship game. But it should also be noted that those teams went back to training camp early and had to do all that stuff, but they did not play that game because the field conditions were too bad. And after what happened with the Steelers year before, it was the right call. They couldn't play on the field. They were supposed to play. They were all there. It wasn't until that night that they decided not to play. So they still had to put in all the preparation. Let's finish this up real quick. 2017, it was the, the Cardinals and the Cowboys. 
Neither team made the made the playoffs. The Cardinals went eight and eight. The Cowboys went nine and seven, but neither of them made the postseason. Then in 2018, it was the Bears and the Rams. Neither team or both teams made the playoffs, but neither team won a game in the playoffs. The Bears went 12, 12 and four, won the North. The Rams went 13 and three, won the West. And they both got wait, that can't be right. I, I'm not I'm saying that that's Rams, but the Rams won a playoff game. So either I can't read my writing or or we're having a problem because 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 the Bears lost in the first round of the playoffs. They lost in the wild card. So I don't think that um, I can't see any other team that would have that doesn't look like Rams. So so the Rams did win a game and but then they ended up um, losing in the division round. No, that was the Chargers. Sorry, they ended up going all the way to the Super Bowl and losing in the Super Bowl. So, uh, so that's interesting. I'll be honest with you; that might not say Rams. <laughs> I can't read my handwriting, but uh, I no none of these other teams make sense that that's who that would have been, um, unless it was. Nope, it's not the Rams. I'm so sorry. Pfft. Forgive me. Forgive me. I'm like I'm not re-recording everything just because I messed it up. It doesn't say Rams. It says Ravens. <laughs> It was the Ravens that played the Bears in that game. And the Ravens made the postseason. Sorry, they were the AFC North champs at 10 and 6, but they lost in the wild card round to the Chargers. So that was 2018. And 2019, it was the Broncos and the Falcons that played in the Hall of Fame game. And the Broncos, they finished up at 7 and 9, did not make the postseason. And the Atlanta Falcons finished. Um, at seven and nine and didn't make the postseason either. So that is a complete rundown. Whoo, my goodness, of all since 2005, everything that's happened in the Hall of Fame game. If you notice, there was never a team that won the Super Bowl playing in the Hall of Fame game. Now, let's bring this back, even though we're here at the end of the show. This is a different year for the Steelers and the Cowboys playing in the Hall of Fame game. There are things that are positives. There are things that are negatives. You could actually say, is this a good year to play in this game? First of all, they're going back to training camp early. That might not be good. That could be part of the problem with these teams and getting to the Super Bowl and everything. It's because their season starts even earlier than everyone else, and you just have to keep going and wear it down. That could be a factor. The Steelers kind of get a little bit of both best of both worlds this year because they cut a preseason game because they added a regular season game. But then the Steelers have an extra preseason game. Everyone else before this, they're playing five preseason games because of the Hall of Fame game. This year, they're going to play be playing four, which is what they were used to before 2020 when they were all canceled. So the Steelers actually get to play four preseason games, which could be an interesting thing to help them transition into how they will handle early playing three in the future and how they'll play that out. But where they benefit is they will get this year of playing four preseason games, but they basically get that final preseason buy that all the NFL was getting that you're playing your final preseason game. And then there's no games for two weeks. The teams basically have two weeks to get their, to, to get ready for week one. You're making roster cut downs the Tuesday after the final preseason game. So yeah, you, you get almost two weeks, you know, and teams generally 
Tuesday is the day of the week they would practice. It was a normal week. So you're talking two full weeks of the 53-man roster to get ready for the beginning of the season. So I don't know how much of a factor the, the Hall of Fame game is going to play this year, but it is good to know that teams have gone to the postseason and and everything, even after doing that. I don't know that it's even correlated, but you at least got the information. That's all the that's all the numbers involved with it. So thanks for joining me. If you have a question, please either hit me up on Twitter at STLR Super Fan Dad or send me an email at STLR superfandad at gmail.com or go to behindthesteelcurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Click on any article that I write and you can click on click right there and that has my email. You can con- contact me there. Or you could even find the Stat Geek article on the website that comes out on Thursday mornings and write a comment in the article. I'll make sure I check those comments if there's ever there. We don't usually get comments in in podcast articles. So if I see one, I know to look at it and that, and you could ask that question and that's something to do, but I, man, we're getting close. We're getting close to that, to where the steel less than a month until the Steelers take the field. And then we can talk about actual things that are going on. I'm so excited. I can't wait to get there, but here we are. I'll see you next Thursday. And as I always say, thanks for geeking out. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.